0: Welcome back to the, They Don't Make them Like They Used To, courtesy of Sunshine Hospital Radio on the Isle of Wight. That's where we live, baby. And when the sun comes out like it has been recently, it's time for some serious life bragging to all those mainland people and making them well jealous. What do you think, Joe?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yep. Sean?
0: Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm all in agreement for that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I actually found myself on a beach the other day and just of taking pictures and posting them on Facebook going, yeah, 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 I live here. <laughs> yeah, not having
1: your shorts on.
0: What, no, have you? Oh no, no, that was another day when I oh. when I stupidly went out in jeans and like nearly got my butt my butt cooked, <laughs> like literally cooked. Oh wow! <laughs> All right. Anyway, as this as the name of this show implies, they don't make them like they used to. What we do at this show is that we are having a nostalgic view at history, film history, that is. Each week, we pick a film that is a classic from the pre nineteen eighties period. And this week, week ah week, our film choice is the classic that contains this song.
2: I wanna be loved by you, just you, nobody else but you. I wanna be loved by you, the diddly dee diddly dum boop
0: boop be doop. Boop boop be indeed. So, yes, <laughs> that was Marilyn Monroe singing I Wanna Be Loved by You from the Billy Wilder classic, Some Like It Hot. Now, this is probably the most famous performance of that song this the way she does this and i think and i uh, this is just my thing i think it has to do with the dress she's wearing in this scene you guys remember it yeah it's the yeah yeah (laughs) okay joe didn't say anything he just sort of like he just sort of like closed his eyes and nodded yeah i think he's going to a happy place joe come back
1: (laughs) i I don't want to upset anyone marilyn monroe has never been one of my fantastic women of the classic hollywood age really i like i like a lot of her performances i just don't I don't think she's she's as great as a lot of people say. But in this film, obviously, it's actually fantastic. And she is uh, she's brilliant. And it's a hilarious film. It's as, as it, h- hilarious as a film gets. Really, it's, it's really, really, really funny. To it, it is
0: extremely. It's, it's an extremely, extremely funny film. So it's um, the because going above from it, obviously, people might just focus on Marilyn Monroe, but it's really a three hander. It's her, Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon in this movie. And I think for me, Jack Lemmon is like the star yeah, movie. I, w- I was going to say that Jack Lemmon.
1: <laughs> well, as a Cary Grant fan, the closest <laughs> I, <laughs> the closest I get to Cary Grant in this film is uh, Tony Curtis. I think so. <laughs> okay,
0: but, <laughs> so for, so for those who don't know, it's a, it's essentially uh, some like it hot. Uh, it's about two out of work musicians who witness a mob massacre, the Saint Valentine's Day massacre, and the only way that they can f- hide because they think they're going to get killed by the mob the only way they can think of to hide is to dress up as women and join an all-women orchestra (laughs) that's going to be playing a couple of dates down in Florida. So most of the film is Jack Levitt and Tony Curtis in drag, (laughs) running running around and stuff. And the bit you're talking about is where Tony Curtis does... He he pretends to be this really really rich person because suave the suave guy on the beach. Guy yeah, on the suave beach guy with, because Marilyn Monroe tells him all about like the kind of guy that she wants to go with and she says the kind of guy I don't want to go for is exactly the type of guy he is. And the type of guy that she does that she does want to go for is this rich guy who has all this money, so he just models himself and does what is obviously a Cary Grant impression. <laughs> 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 so I'm like, yep. Oh it's it's hilarious. I love I love, absolutely I, I think it's a great great film.
1: Apparently Tony Curtis asked Billy Wilder if he could do that and he said it was okay. And when Cary Grant actually heard it, he said, I don't talk like that. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> talk like that. <laughs> That's not me.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I can't imagine why he would say that. <laughs> but <laughs> the thing is, it, it's. Um, okay. Sean, I think you, you were going to say something about Jack Lemon. Tell me a little bit about Jack Lemon's performance in the film and stuff like that.
3: Okay. Well, um, it was. Uh, I, I don't know. I think he's. Um, I've liked Jack Lemmon in a lot of performances. I think Mm -hmm. he can... Most of the stuff is really good, and I think he's really, really versatile. I think he's... Sorry about that. (laughs) I think he's an incredible, versatile actor, um, uh, mainly in comedies. And, and I mean, I think he had a great partnership with... um, Walter and mm. a couple say, of films. Yeah, well, and, faces, and yeah. some re- re- recent films, I think the um, the old guys, yeah, I forget what it's called, old, Grumpy Old Guys, you know. Yeah. Oh, Grumpy Old Man, yeah. Do you remember yeah. Grumpy Old Man? No, they were in the yeah. odd couple. Yeah, grumpy the odd couple. And, and I think, uh, you know, the, that partnership was particularly good. And and I think this one with um, Tony Curtis is particularly good as well. They they sort of feed off each other. Yeah. It's a really, really, you know, they can. Yeah,
0: because I think I think. Uh, Tony Curtis, it's probably this. I think it's, this is probably the only film they made together. Together, Dead yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah,
3: but it worked back, yeah. yeah for well, sure. The
0: thing is, because Tony Curtis, this is probably the best performance I've seen of him in anything. Be, yeah, because I think I'd have to agree with that. Yeah, yeah I think I it's think pro- so. Because he. Yeah, he was kind of cast as this sort of matinee idol. idol. I was, you took the words right out of my mouth there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was, and most of the roles he got were like the matinee idol kind of roles, where he wasn't given much to do. And in this one, he gets to do a Cary Grant impression. He has this great double act, act. going with Jack Lemon. Yeah, where Jack Lemon is kind of like the sort of neurotic high level one, and everything like that. And Tony Curtis is kind of like the straight cool dude who's always talking Jack Lemon into crazy situations and crazy, crazy situations. And oh, and I think oh, it has to be said the romance that jack lemon has in this film ah oh. with osgood <laughs> <laughs> With Osgood where where the old where when he's dressed up in drag, then there's the old rich guy who's been married like four times and his family keeps paid <laughs> off his uh, his his wives.
1: Creepy <laughs> might be the word. Yeah, he's creepy. It's he's, pro- <laughs>
0: he's probably the creepiest rich man in, in, in film ever. But he just totally takes a shine to Jack Lemon call, who's called Daphne as as he, as we he heard <laughs> as, in the in the in the Daphne. in the dialogue. Yeah, he's such a good. Josephine. <laughs> Josephine and Daphne and He takes a shine to him and he refuses to take no for an answer. I mean, leaving to what has been called, it was actually voted the greatest final line in oh. all movie history. <laughs> all movie. Nobody's perfect. Oh no! But the funny thing is that until you've seen that film, people can say nobody's perfect and you're like, what the heck are you on about? What are mm. And then you go watch the film and you're like, okay, now I get, I it. get be- it. The whole film has been leading to that <laughs> one line. The, the whole film <laughs> has been leading to this one payoff in the final scene before it cuts out and then the music starts. It's a brilliant movie. Also has... I have to say, probably one of the creepest, creepiest bellboys I've ever seen in movie history. Like, <laughs> you, you hear him in that clip where he's kind of like, uh, don't mind leaving your door unlocked. I got a pass key. And you're like are what? <laughs> <It> was, whoa. <laughs> what <the heck>?
1: Just <laughs> say that again. It's like,
0: which, ho- which hotel is this? <laughs> I'm never going there. <laughs>
3: I, th- I think that makes good comedy when, when you get someone in drag and there's like always someone who's a bit sort of ledgy
1: after yeah. and like well, what, what, what do I, I handle know, this? See we, we find it funny and from 1959 that's quite sharp humour I mean that was banned in some places in America just, yeah, just yeah. for the cross-dressing
3: Cross-dressing yeah <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> but, yeah I don't know I, I think it's, it's something that I thought about because I actually think it's a very British thing I think that there's something that's inherently funny in British comedy about men dressing up as women and men, being, men running around naked. So there seems to be something inherently funny about it. And this one, so for men dressing up in drag, I mean, you know, Billy Wilder making this movie and everything, it seems almost like an English idea more than it was an American one. It just, but a classic, classic film.
1: But it's stretching that gag out into so many situations and into a story which you're actually invested in. Yeah. That's what makes it funny, because you're seeing these guys in these situations throughout this story. Yeah. It's... Uh
0: they just keep coming up with more and more crazy ideas of if a guy did dress up in drag, how would this be kind of precarious? And how would that kind of things go? Like, having the parties in the girls' rooms and everything It's cool. Oh. Well, anyway, going back to that dress that <laughs> Marilyn Monroe was wearing, because it is, like, she has this sort of dress on where, I remember the first time I saw it, the film's in black and white, so you can't really tell the difference between colors, but I was like, hang on a second, how is that dress staying up? Yeah, be- <laughs> yeah. Because... It seems like the material ends, shall we say, I, just halfway up her chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Nicely put. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it ends halfway up her chest. And you're thinking, how is this thing? What the heck is... She? And then so after that, and, she's, and obviously she's playing up to the whole thing because Marilyn Monroe, I think, knew what... She knew how people saw her and she knew how to use that. And I think Billy Wilder also knew what he had on his hands and he knew how to... To yeah. use him. Yeah, yeah. How, how, he, knew how, he knew how to use Marilyn Monroe. And so she's kind of like playing up to that whole thing throughout the whole song. And then at the end of the song, she turns around and there's no back to the
1: dress. Yeah, yeah. There's, mean, there's that wonderful anecdote, isn't there, from the, the costume designer. Did you hear that? No, I haven't heard that one. What is that? Apparently they were, they were measuring, them up, measuring them all up for their dresses and for their costumes. And he said to Marilyn Monroe, you know, Tony Curtis has a nicer behind than you. And oh. uh, apparently Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe actually... Uh, opened up her blouse and said, yes, but he doesn't have these. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sort of thing
3: Marilyn would do, I
1: think. I can, yeah,
0: I can imagine that. Yeah, she did. Because I know a couple of weeks ago we were talking about Hitchcock and talking about how much he loved Grace Kelly and the way he shot her and everything like that. Okay, Joe, come back. Joe, come back. Come back with her. Come back to us, all right? Uh, Stay away from the Grace Kelly-shaped light. <laughs> got lights. a bit dizzy. Got a bit dizzy, <laughs> All right. And how much... I think it's like, and So it's, it seems to be a similar thing with Billy Wilder and Marilyn Monroe only that it's not quite love it seems it seems almost a, quite frankly to me a bit more lecherous like because he knew how to use her he knew her, he knew how to film her he knew how to shoot her so it was kind of like so everybody would be thinking oh my god Marilyn Monroe yeah she is uh something like that so it was a different thing but I just thought it was quite interesting because he was another he, the, did he direct the 7 year itch
1: uh, that I think I'm pretty sure that was him. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because that's that's essentially the I, the iconic Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe, Monroe moment. Yeah. yeah. Where he just <laughs> knew he knows how to use her to create this these bits that live on for ages and
1: quite frankly made her an icon. Yep. Yeah, it was actually a couple of years before this.
0: It was uh, 55 that
1: that came out.
0: Yeah. But uh, it's
3: uh, uh, okay. Um, he seemed to use the same um, actors in quite a few of his films, didn't he? I think um, the apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jack Lemon again. Jack Lemon again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: The, the Billy Wilder. We could have a whole. We could have a Billy Wilder you could special. Have a, I
3: mean, there's some great stuff, you know.
0: And then I he mean, shows up in Jerry Maguire. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Yeah. What was that <laughs> all about?
3: I think he was. did I think he came from um, Germany originally? Didn't he? Wasn't yes. Yes, when, he did. Yeah. Yeah. He and did, then yeah. then went to Paris and then finally to sort of Hollywood. I think he was a big prolific screenwriter. He did
0: well. a lot of screen yeah, screenwriting. I yeah. I think he he had to change his name because it was too Jewish.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah it's funny it, isn't it
0: really? it is yeah. funny it mm. is funny I mean you, you couldn't imagine that happening nowadays <laughs> <laughs> no, no 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 is it because I think Tony Curtis had to change his name as well yeah. yeah yeah his his original name it's like when you start looking at some of the that area you start looking that at area. some of the, their real names yeah, yeah. like um, Kirk Douglas is like his last his real last name is like Agrisovich or something Church. like that yep. kind yep. of gives
1: it away doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah it, it is it is a bit okay so um um could go on about some like it because as I said, brilliant yeah. film. Could go on about
1: Billy Wilder's whole filmography. Right? Yeah, yeah. Really. I mean, you could. I mean, I was, could. I was just thinking witness for the prosecution. I saw mm. that for the first time, actually I'm embarrassed to admit a few months ago. Yeah, it's cracking great film. And double indemnity if it. you're into oh, your, if you're into end. your film noir, it doesn't well, really get much better no, than it, that.
0: It kind of that, that film kind of almost says like this is film noir. Yeah, no, yeah. Watch yeah. this yeah. film if you want to know what film noir is. It's, it's a toss
1: up yeah. between double indemnity and out of the past for me, I think, with Robert Mitchell. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, Those are my sort of big two, I think.
0: Haven't yeah. seen that one, but seen double indemnity
3: double Yeah, yeah. yeah that's um he's done some really great stuff really. Yeah, some
1: crackers. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay, so if that is it i think we will we will we will sadly sadly stop talking about billy wilder stop talking about marilyn monroe stop talking about jack lemon tony curtis florida and of course osgood and now we are going to go on to joe's first clue so each week
1: joe gives us a couple of clues about a cinematic legend what we got this week joe Right, okay. To keep things balanced, we tried to do a few few gentlemen and a few ladies and take it in turns. uh, Today, this screen legend turned down a role in the film The Diary of Anne Frank in 1959, the same year as Some Like It Hot. Oh, yeah? Because as a young girl in the Netherlands during the war, she had actually witnessed the Nazi soldiers uh, executing people in the streets um, and said it would bring back. Too many painful memories for her to actually be a part of the Diary of Anne Frank. Oh rubbish, I know this. Do you? you're so good at the... No, no no, you, no, I, no, I no, 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 no. I,
0: I, I've heard this story before, it's just like... It's... It's... Oh no, it's missing. It's missing. Okay, cool. Thankfully, we have three more clues, mm. and if you, like me, are thinking, "Oh, again, I know this? I know this." Do not worry; we will not leave you hanging. <laughs> Joe has three more clues, which he <laughs> Joe has three more clues before the end of the show, <laughs> and um, at which we will, at which point, we will reveal what who our cinematic legend this week is. So, moving on, um, what tends to happen each week is that I walk around the hospital and I find people who are willing to talk to me about movies. A couple of weeks ago, I met Mike in The Cowell World, and he told me about one of his favorite movies.
2: The famous public school, Goodbye Mr. Chips, wonderful film. Uh, It was uh, um, uh, what school ought ought to be about. Um, It reminded me very much of my own school school days. Um, No, great acting great actor <laughs>
0: Yes, and that was Richard Adensel with the theme tune to the 1939 version of Goodbye Mr. Chips. Uh, speaking of composers, next week we have a special music show where we each pick our personal favorites in film music. And to, to celebrate the fact that we've been on air for 10 shows now and nobody responsible has stopped us. I can't wait for that one. That'll be good. That'll yeah. be good. That'll I'm sure we'll hear more about that next week. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, right. Mr. Chips. Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Now, I'm going to admit that I got totally confused because when he said that, I was pretty sure I was talking about the Robert Donut version. But didn't realize that there's, there've been like, what, uh, three versions three of this versions. made? yeah. Mm. Mm. So there was a 1939 version. That's the one with Robert Donat and Greer Garson. There's a 1969 version 1969. with Peter O'Toole. Peter O'Toole. Yeah, Peter O'Toole. And ooh, I can't remember her name. And then there's a later one that was made for ITV, I think. ITV, that's the one. Yep. Martin Clunes. Martin Clunes, that's Martin it. Clunes. Yep. So... <laughs> Uh, Joe, what's up with your face today? Man? No, no, nothing. No, no, that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Okay,
1: and so bad memories of Snake Dance, which is a Doctor Who episode with Martin Clunes. So I've never quite got over it. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: there we go. Okay, cool. So, the, Joe, could you just tell us about? Um, uh, not Joe, sorry, Sean. Could you tell us about good Mister Chips? Yeah. Um, so, across this three things, what's the story?
3: Um, okay, the story is it's basically about um, a, a teacher that starts off in a in a boys' school, um, gradually works his way up to become the head and all through and it's he sees all the all the young lads they go to him for advice and he looks after him he's married and they they can go and they can visit his wife and have tea and cakes and things and it's it's just a really really it's about this and Robert Donut excellent it's about this school teacher that just practically devotes himself to um, his students and uh, his wife as well his wife it's, it's just a really really lovely film and and you know, he goes for years. He's he's like at the school for so many years. It's really really nice stuff. Yeah,
0: because see, because I've I've read about it. I haven't, I hadn't. I got confused between all the different versions. And I didn't know which yeah. one to watch. So <laughs> this is the best. The Robert, the Robert Donut. Donut is the Robert totally, Donut one. Totally, uh,
3: you see that? It's, because um,
0: I think by the time 1969 came around, they turned that into a musical. They did, yeah, <laughs> that's right. So
3: I mean, the Peter O'Toole one, I think I've probably seen once, and it, you know, never. Whereas this, I if it's on. Sunday afternoon TV. I'd yeah. quite happily sit down and watch it again I and mean, again. Yeah, terrific, terrific movie. Yeah. Um, and Robert Downer is, I, I think, a terrific, versatile actor as well.
0: Because you were talking about about it being, um, what's the word? You were talking about it being uh, be, him being dedicated to his to the school students, to the yeah. students. Well,
3: to the school, yeah, basically to the school.
0: Because That's isn't school. that? that, that I feel that there's a there's a famous quote from it where he where they they say, "Oh, it's a shame that you never had any kids" or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And he says, what do you mean? I had thousands. I had thousands. Yeah.
3: Mm. I think that's towards the end. What a line. And yeah. they
0: got like, you know, and, and I think there's like a little montage
3: of some shit. Goodbye, Mr. Chipping. Goodbye. It's just really, really quite, it's quite a moving film, actually. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It really so is, it's actually. A teacher's a sort of, film. Of, yeah. A teacher's <laughs> film, I guess. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh, no wonder. No, now it makes sense. <laughs> so, that, okay.
0: So. Just so you know, everybody, the two people in the studio with me are both teachers. Yeah. So uh, so uh, is this kind of like, you know, the teacher's fantasy I, I, of what, what well, you, what well, you well, would no, like to happen when the Kids leave or
3: something. Because I saw this this years ago when I was I I guess when I was was a child and many times afterwards even before and and it had a real real impact on um it's it's just a fabulous story really it's, really great it's either story.
1: this one or Dead Poets Society I think well, jumping yeah, on your desks and shouting you know seize the day yeah you know. it's yeah it's but, one of the two
0: yeah, because I was thinking of it, this just fall into sort of like you know that little. Niche, niche. Of cinema yeah. of like you know the inspirational teacher or like you know it's a so you have like I think someone like Dead Poet Society owes this story because because but well, if, we, if we put the film aside for a second, just talk about the story, like, yeah. because it was originally based on a novel and why it resonates. It does, like, this story, it has a lot to do with things like Dead Poets Society that came along in the 80s. 80s yeah, I know they sure. tried it with like Mona Lisa's Smile, even like they had the Michelle Pfeiffer, Dangerous Minds, where mm-hmm. she goes into, and it, it seems like they all follow the template of Goodbye Mr. Chips. Goodbye Mr. Chips. Well, was that a Sean Connery
1: film from uh, um, probably about 10 years ago now, where he's teaching the kid goes around his house every day and teaches. Oh, him. finding Forrester. Finding Forrester. Finding Forrester. Yeah. yeah, I quite like that. Finding film. Forre- I, I thought it was quite good, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't seen it for like, a while, so no. well, my <laughs> memories might be out of it. But I quite like
0: that well, one. Oh, I just thought "Lean on Me," Morgan Freeman, nineteen eighty-nine. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. that's. These are all "Goodbye, Mr. Chips", Chips. in different colors. This they is, are indeed. "Goodbye, Mr. Chips" with a woman. "Goodbye, Mr. Chips" with a black guy. "Goodbye, Mr. Chips." <laughs> <laughs> "Goodbye, Mr. Chips" in the eighties.
1: Goodwill <laughs> Hunting. I don't know, maybe. Oh, Goodwill possibly. Hunting. It does. It, it has shades of it. Yeah.
0: It does, so it's a. It, it largely influential film. Yeah. And, well, I mean, you were talking about Robert Donut. I mean, I, I watched earlier today, I saw a trailer that had been made for Goodbye, Mr. Chips. And obviously this was made in 1939, yep. right as the right as the Second World War was about to break out. And so the, uh, the trailers they made then were totally different. Yeah. Were, it was a totally different beast. It was essentially this guy who was like a journalist, who was sat down there and it was like they filmed him doing his radio announcement talking about yes and earlier today I went to watch this film Goodbye Mr. Chips with great trepidation because it was based on a book that I loved from my childhood but Joy of joys. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. It was a success. Yeah, he go, and he goes and he, he speaks about it so lyrically and everything like that. And he talks about, and, but he says also about the time that it was made at. He was talking about at a time like this when people are letting go of a lot of values. This is a film that sort of tries to hold on to them. Holds and it holds, holds, holds on to a, a, a world that very soon will no longer be. And I think it, it it seems that it really encapsulates that. I mean, without just when I hear people talking about this film and I, like when I was interviewing Mike in, um, in the hospital about this film, I mean, you, I think you could really get that, that more than it just being like, you know, a great thing for teachers or anything like it seems to encapsulate a time, a time in, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Like the, um, yeah, a,
3: a, a different time, a more calmer time yeah. before the, the storm breaks, era. more innocent. Yeah. More innocent era. And, um, I think some of the the students in the in the actual school go off to the military. There's you know they they go off to they they all, because it's all very much all yeah. but they they all go off for commissions and things you know.
0: Yeah, because so the film spans a long period. A long of time. period of time. Does yeah. it span the First World War as well? Uh,
3: yeah, it goes through the First World War. So you've got the the all the old hero you know all the boys that were, were from the First World War because I think the First World War though there was a lot of death. It was still there was still sort of quite nostalgia and mm-hmm. I mean a lot of lot of people lost their lives. Um, And a lot of being the boys' school, a lot of the uh, students would have become officers, you know, Mm. so they'd have been officers who still would have been killed Mm. in the trenches. And then it just goes all the way through his life, really. Mm. And, um, yeah, spans spans a lot of time. I just remember it, you know, with real real fondness.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, these days, a lot of um, focus is placed on performers who undergo... A lot of uh, prosthetics and makeup in order to age or and physical, to physical physical transformations. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's, there's The Oscars are always looking out for you know, basically who's aged, who's been made to look the oldest this year. Mm. Um, and you think Robert Donat was uh, uh, aged sixty three years in this film?
3: He ages sixty three years. Six oh, he ages. Six, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he starts years. off as a young man, and yeah, from eighteen seventy to
1: nineteen thirty three, mm. you see him, you see him get older, and you know. Grows a moustache just to show everyone that he's older. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And yeah, it's quite an achievement.
0: Yeah, because he won the Best Actor Oscar for this. You know how uh, else I know it.
1: Robert Donat is a good actor? Let me
0: guess Hitchcock 39 Steps.
1: Hitchcock 39 <laughs> Steps. Exactly. Four years previously. Hitchcock puts him in a movie. The guy must be good.
3: And I'm sure you know his last film.
1: Uh,
3: do, do the do inner, I? inner of the Six Happiness. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. With, I think the one. You. The Inn of the Sixth Happiness. The Inn in of is. the Sixth Happiness. Last, and yeah, and he's, he's very Ill, Ill, Ill and very old. In that, and you can yeah. actually see, and he plays like a mandarin
1: with but our like, movie legend um, Ingrid Bergman. Ingrid Bergman, yeah, <laughs> the one that. The yeah, <laughs> that, was, that, was <laughs> la- no, that was two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that was Ingrid uh, Bergman yeah, two weeks but, ago. But yeah. um,
3: that's that's a good. That's uh, I don't know if it's a, a great film, but that's a good film. But that was his last film, and you can actually see he looks really old, and he plays this Chinese mandarin. And I always remember the, the massive long long fingernails <laughs> that he had. He had this one big long fingernail, yeah, and but again he played a very very nice character very you know he's very yeah sympathetic character
0: he he did seem to be like a bit of a because i think there was a quote that says about from spencer tracy about robert donut's performance in goodbye mr chips which was i can remember no greater performance no great performance like it was, it was talking about how great this guy was and even looking at something like um because the only film i've seen him all the way through in is um 39 steps the hitchcock 39 steps one and he he, he seems to do Almost very understated performances. Yeah. He's not like, ah, oh, look at me, hey. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, he's 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 more he's more reserved, but like the power comes through and like. But where you're talking about how they love um, giving films where the actor gives a whole bunch of transformation. Like even last year in the Oscars, there was it was it looked like it was. Uh, it was a straight race between Twelve Years a Slave with Chiwetel Ejiofor and um and um, American no no American Hustle I mean Dallas Bias Club with Matthew that's McConaughey nice, yeah and that's people physical and, a, isn't yeah, and physical performance yeah people people yet? said people said that we think that the one in Twelve Years Slaves is is brilliant but it might be a bit too understated mm, you know, yeah. yeah because I think he was more like sort of Robert that thing and but Matthew McConaughey lost all this weight and has a quite a bit of few grandstanding moments and yeah. that's what won instead. Yeah. So okay, good goodbye, Mister Chips, and also just one more thing, Greer Garson. Greer Garson, yeah, Greta yeah. Garson. Mm. Like, so, Sean, do you do you know because I've heard that name and I want to see typical, more stuff with her in it. But okay,
3: um, she was in probably a classic film around that time called Mrs. Miniver. Mm-hmm. I think okay. that was her iconic performance. And yeah. I've got, I think I've got an old film and film star books of 1938, <laughs> and and on the front cover, there is there's there's one of these lovely paint brushed. Pictures of Greer Garson, uh, yeah. typical English rose, really, um, just, uh, just great. Really, you know, a fantastic actress, but wholesome British. You know, really, really.
0: So English Rose kind English of English Rose, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, so um, I'm sure most of the listeners would have seen Mrs. Miniver at one time.
0: Like, Alright, I'm I'm planning to go track down some more Greer Garson movies and actually finally watch Robert Donat in Robert Goodbye, Donut. Mr. Chips. Yeah, you'll love it. You'll yeah, love it. Not get confused and think, Why why is <laughs> why is this guy picking a Martin Clunes movie? I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Anyway, so we move on and it's now time again for Joe's second clue. Right,
1: okay. Uh, so, we know that um, she obviously uh, grew up in amongst the uh, horrific um, actions of the Second World War and that put her off taking a role in the Diary of Anne Frank. Uh, this screen legend also was well known for her charity work and donated all of the salaries that she earned for her final three films or projects, uh, she donated them to UNICEF.
0: I have so got it. Mm. I have so got it. Yes, yes. I've I've, I've got an idea, but then I've always got an idea. It's always wrong. Wait for the last clue, Sean. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think that with this particular screen legend, I think the more that Joe says, the more obvious did, is gonna yeah, get I think you look confident the more obvious is gonna I think you're gonna get it by the time we finish oh, well, I hope just, so. just wait for the last clue yeah, okay. no, I actually want to end this end this now because, <laughs> <laughs> because then that way I can say I knew it and you didn't but I think that the more that it goes on the more it's going to become obvious all right so thank you Joe we shall carry on so um on my walks around the hospital last week I met I found Ruth in st. Helens Ward and she picked a peach of a movie as her favourite of all
2: time. Oh, my goodness. I think one of, I don't know, one of the first ones, one I liked quite a lot was the, um, uh, with Julie Andrews, you know, that one. Um, what was that one?
0: Oh, uh, Sound of Music?
2: Sound of Music, yeah. That was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> that was a really good film in the uh, cinema at Newport. Was
0: well, that the one that used to be on the high
2: Street? Yes, oh, I went with my husband then, yeah, yeah, that was nice, yes, that was a lovely film, but uh, people don't go to cinemas so much now they've got television, do they? There's
0: still quite a lot of people who go. (laughs) Do they? Yeah, there's still, I was
2: actually there earlier today myself. Yes, it's nice, it's, you know, you go with friends and it's uh, nice to have a chat with them in between, isn't it, and uh, they lovely. Yeah, very nice. Oh, well, it was a good story for a start, wasn't it? A good mixture. Yeah, it was a good mixture. It was, it was, a, you know, it was musical and a, and a good, really good story in the background all the time. Yeah, I like that.
0: And what's your favourite song from it?
2: The theme song, I think. The, the theme song. The
0: theme song. Oh, the hills I are all... go
2: to the hills with the sound of the music. <laughs> I love that.
0: You know, there was a time a couple of years ago where some of friends of mine decided that they were going to watch that film at one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and so they said, "I'm going to start watching this from one o'clock in the morning." And I thought, "I'll just stay and remind myself how this movie starts." Then I went to bed three hours later.
1: <laughs> oh, I'd have moved out. <laughs> 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 it's great. It's a good film. It's a good film, but. Uh...
3: Every, everybody knows the songs from it, probably all the
0: songs from it, I would think. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, just, I just love that film. Have
3: yeah. you
1: ever been to one of those cinema screenings where they have sing-alongs and they have the words up on screen?
0: And... I, I used to live in London, yeah. and there was a cinema, there was it was called the Prince Charles Cinema in Leicester Square, yeah. and they had a Sound of Music sing-along like every Friday night. Never went. No? <laughs> Never went. No, but it's such a, because I remember some of my friends, they spoke about um, that they went to... Uh, Julie Andrews, obviously, because after a while she had a she had a problem with her throat and she had right, a, a, right. an operation on it, so she couldn't sing as well and couldn't hit the notes that she could used to be able to. But she had this concert in the O2, and she apparently led the O2 arena with thousands, tens of thousands of people in this place in a sing-along of Do Re Mi. Wow! And so, so it was like one of my friends, who's she's actually an actress now. She she was like, yeah, I could put it down on my CV. I've have sung with Julie Andrews. Performed, performed, performed with Julie Andrews. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, get and it people, down. people were like, yeah, yeah. Um, and so have God knows how many other people.
1: <laughs> so just completely off topic. You mentioned the Prince Charles Cinema unless. Well, I have, yeah, I have a friend who's who's just finished making a film. It's actually um, out there this week. Is it? It's having its premiere there this week. Really? Yeah, a friend of mine. Shout out to Sonam who's just uh, finished his second movie. Oh, is that the Little Tibet guy? Little Tibet guy. Yeah. Do you oh, no, no, I saw him on your YouTube. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, he's um, <laughs> he's uh, yeah, he's. He's worked very hard and he just thought, just reminded me that his film was out this week. So, if anyone gets a chance to see the film, it's a documentary called Little Tibet 2, which has just come out and it's fantastic.
0: Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, he seems like a very personable guy from the stuff I've seen on YouTube. Yeah. Anyway, back to Sound of Music. Yes. So, Sound of Music, it's one of those films that I actually, I know that there are some people who say they don't like the film, and I think that they are objectively wrong. There's few things you can say people are object to, <laughs> like, like you can say objectively, this is right and this is wrong. Not liking the sound of music is objectively wrong. Um, I'm throwing that out there. <laughs> I, I,
3: I, I I enjoyed the film. I think it's a great film. So um, I have to say, but obviously, I mean, I just like the songs. I remember the songs. I think it was probably one of the first musicals that um, my mother took me to see back then because I wasn't oh dear, and I had to suffer it. But I think yeah. I quite enjoyed it grudgingly. But I thought, oh, this isn't quite so bad. But I can even remember. You know, the the one song I like is where Julie Andrews has got a suitcase just as she's on her way and she goes, I, I have, confidence have confidence in sunshine. sunshine. <laughs> I have confidence in rain. And I always say, I always I think have that.
0: confidence in confidence <laughs> alone.
3: When people ever walk into a room with like a little case with a briefcase and they yeah. sort of got their arms going, I st- have to start singing that because oh, it's totally you always always sing that at me when I that's come That's always my singing when you come in with your. I yeah, never, never got the say, I have confidence. <laughs> no, 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 there it is. No, I don't
1: hate the film at all. I like it. It's a great yeah. film. How can you not like it? I just think it's on far too often and I'd like it more if it was on less. Okay, okay, because, cool. Because I'd save it up that's so I'd, fair, I'd miss it fair. more and mm-hmm. then enjoy it. I just.
0: Yeah, I just okay, no, no, I can understand that. I can understand that. It does get rinsed a bit. Yeah.
1: But no, it's it's a great little story. I mean, what a, it's an affecting story told in a really lovely way.
0: Yeah, and uh, Joe, you were saying stuff about the director a while back.
1: Wow, that's um, that's there's a guy that's, mm. that's made his mark. I mean, Robert Wise. Talk about versatile. I mean, the guy did West Side Story. West Side Story, I
0: love that musical. <laughs> I love that film, actually. I, I mean, I like the musical, but I think
1: I wanna the just right. I want to yeah. be in
2: America. I want
0: to be in America. That's true. I really cannot wait. I mean, I'm sure all these films are going to show up again when we actually do our musical special. <laughs> yeah, right. We are going to do a musical special. I don't care what happens. We're going to do that Dude, one no, of these true. days. But yeah, carry on.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, he did West Side Story, then spent the next year prepping The Haunting, which is in my mind to this day one of the scariest films ever made the uh, the 1963 The Haunting and then to get over that he went and made The Sound of Music so talk about you know <laughs> and after The Sound genres. of Music he oh, made The Sand Pebbles The which Sand
3: Pebbles only, if anyone ever seen The sand, sand Pebbles Steve McQueen film terrific terrific movie yeah. it's about um, during the time of the Boxer Rebellion in China so that's worth a look I know we're off topic again but <laughs> The Sand Pebbles is a great film but
1: it's just the guy I mean the guy yeah, can, can, the can do anything he turned his hand to I mean Some would say he didn't quite ignite the Star Trek film series in (laughs) in the most exciting way. Um, The the motion picture, the Star Trek motion picture being known as the uh, slow motion picture. It Um, is extremely extremely slow. slow. (laughs) But I didn't get it. I didn't get the the Vija thing. I didn't see it coming. It kept me interested. I liked it.
3: Well, there you go. But the sound of music. So you, yeah. you did enjoy The Sound of Music then, Yeah, so? Yeah, can't, of course, you, can't you not enjoy enjoy really, can you? Uh, yeah.
0: I just like, think it
1: gets a bit, a bit
0: it's overplayed. I think. Well, I, I, I think I know what you mean, because I remember um, a movie that, well, the movie that I think a lot of people would argue with me about this, but if I was going to talk about a film that they don't make like they do anymore, I would talk about Titanic, because I actually think that Titanic, I actually, I know people, I know it has, <laughs> but I think, I, I remember the first time I ever saw Titanic, I walked out of the cinema going, now, that storytelling, you just don't see anymore. It's, it's gut-wrenching. Yeah, it's they, they really, did. Really, on that scale, all yeah. these different stories. It felt like an old-school movie. Like, it didn't... And um, and, But I know that... The, I saw it on this opening night. And then after that, the, it, the pandemonium kicked off when all the girls in the country started watching the film over and over again. Mm. And I remember I actually bought the CD for the soundtrack. And once these girls found I had the soundtrack. They grabbed the soundtrack for me Put it. Went into a room by themselves. Put it onto a CD, and they just stayed in corners, all curled up into balls, crying. Uh. And I was like, and I was like, okay, I'm not sure I like this film anymore.
1: <laughs> well, I won't have a word said against it. I think, it, I mean, no offense to Celine Dion, but seriously, if that film didn't have the Celine Dion track attached to it, people would have found it much harder to to have a go at it. I agree. And. And actually, I actually watched it. Was it last year? It came out again in three D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually went to the cinema. I watched it in three D, and it destroyed me. It was a really, really disturbing experience. All those people in that situation. Mm. It, I, I really do think it's a great film. I mean, I, I don't think it, it it deserves a lot of the. Uh, it,
0: it gets a lot of flack, and it does, but yeah. when I when I watch it as a film on its own merit, I don't understand why. No. But anyway. So that's probably the same similar thing with you and Sound of Music, Possibly. where it's just too many people have played it, too many people will talk about it, and you just kind of think, oh, give it a rest okay, already. Yeah,
1: back off. I'll watch <laughs> it in ten years. I'm
0: sure. I'm sure I'll be all right. <laughs> oh no, no I, 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 I love that film. I Absolutely love that film. I, oh, Mother Superior. Oh, I'm Mother Superior. S-
3: yeah. <laughs> oh, do you solve a problem like
0: Maria?
3: Just
0: <laughs> <Wow. "Til laughs> <you find laughs> Oh yeah. You,
3: Lives, I'm not, I'm not i like, Oh, yeah, one of my favourite tracks is um, that one that goes raindrops on roses and with on kittens. kittens. Oh, God. Bright copper. Kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown, brown paper, paper, paper packages, packages just tied, tied up with
0: strings. These I mean, are a few of my favourite things. When, when, the the strikes, when the storm strikes, when the bees sting, stings, when, when I'm, feeling stings, I'm feeling bad, I simply I remember, remember my favourite things.
2: things blah, 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 and blah, then blah, I don't blah,
0: feel blah, so bad.
1: bad. will never work again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Actually. Okay, no, but come on. Let's we do. Well, Julie Andrews might hear this somewhere on SoundCloud, on Facebook, or something like that, and give us a call. She might do. She might do. And yeah. sue us and tell us to never do that again. Tweet me, Julie. Tweet me. <laughs> Julie Andrews. I've got to check to see whether she's on Twitter. Yeah. I want to Go know what's it. inside. I want to know what's. <laughs> I remember that when she was on an American talk show recently, and uh, Mary Poppins had just opened up on Broadway. And so the, I think it was the Colbert Report and Stephen Colbert, he was, he, was, he was like saying, so imagine you go down to Broadway and you're watching Mary Poppins on stage and something happens, there's an emergency. The lead singer breaks a leg. Could you get up right there and do it? And she just looked at him and went, you bet your ass I could. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you Yeah, Julie Andrews. <laughs> I bet she could. Yeah, bet you she could, bet you she could. Okay, now it is time for the third clue. For the screen legend who I already know.
1: Yeah, you think. <laughs> right, we've got two more clues, right? So don't, uh, you know, don't, what's the phrase? Count your chickens until we get there. Okay, don't, don't jump the gun. That's it, right. Okay. Um, okay, here's a quote from the lady herself. My look is attainable. Women can look like me by flipping out their hair buying the large sunglasses and the little sleeveless dresses. Uh, that's it. No. I told you before the
3: end yeah, it was going that, to become really, really gonna, obvious yeah, who this you person say is. That, yeah.
1: <laughs> Just wait for the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> It'll all go wrong. <laughs> yeah, that happens, that happens.
0: Okay, okay, cool. So that's it. All right. Um, Thank you for that, Joe. Mm. And now, what happens each week is each week we pick a film. Uh, excuse me should have gone some water in here. So each each we could pick a film that we think is great enough to have been made in any era. So even though this show is called They Don't Make them Like They Used To, we have a exception to the rule with Sean, where Sean picks a movie. Sean, what post 1980s movie are we going to bestow with our prestigious title <laughs> of could have been made like they used to?
3: Okay, this film, 2011 film, um about the Siege of Rochester Castle is Ironclad. Ironclad. Ironclad indeed. Okay. Um it's uh it's a story of uh, Rochester Castle in the time of King John and um obviously there were the rebellious barons mm-hmm. and whoever held Rochester Castle would control London mm-hmm. because um, obviously across holding the River Thames and it's basically a story of this little group similar to like the Magnificent Seven there's a small group of of um a little company that's going to hold this Rochester Castle against the marauding hordes of of King John yeah um. Have you have you seen it, Joe? Uh, no, I haven't. Actually. You haven't actually seen this one. Oh, it's um, it's it's just uh, there's a few bits. It's lots and lots of action. Um, a little bit gory in some parts, maybe mm-hmm. where the actual owner of the castle loses his hands. But um, terrific action film. And I was looking at some of the some people's reviews on it and everybody's got a positive thing to say about it and a lot of people have seen it on netflix apparently it is on no. netflix oh so, is it so yeah so i'm getting on netflix, that tonight yeah we're
1: well, looking at the cast I and mean, when you've got derek jacoby you've got charles dance yep. you've got brian cox yeah. how have i not seen this film? well you should see it you should, it, should it, let
0: me know is it got james purifoy in it as well it, yes it yeah. Does, yeah. he's he's, does. A, he's the lead in it isn't he yeah DJ i, he's I like left like him a... off
1: the list i don't i don't, I don't, <laughs> don't even notice that yeah. I, I mean i skipped him and jason fleming Jason Fleming,
2: yeah
3: um i think i think a lot of people i mean taking away that um, normally i'm one for historical acu- accuracy and, and there was a big siege at rochester castle but um i don't think there are any knights templars there and he is a knight knights templar
0: oh so who, they, they embellish it a bit yeah they
3: embellish it a bit but i think they do in most movies anyway um the only film i've seen i think where everything was absolutely perfect was saving private Ryan. okay and that was everything that was down to the vehicles and the badges and the the, the they just made up characters, but besides, yeah, that, yeah, everything besides was, that, everything was really, really authentic. But yeah, yeah Rochester Castle, and um, well, I won't give any spoilers of how it ended at the end, but that is how, uh, what happened at the end was was based on fact. Mm. But you have got these marauding, King John, fabulous performance. Um, and, uh, Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Paul yeah. Giamatti's yeah, King John. Yeah. G- <laughs> yeah. He's King John, and he's like mad, he's the proper mad King John. He's not your like... Simpering King John, he's like really, really angry, and he's he's recruited all these it's like Flemish that. mercenaries to try and take the castle. I just yeah. watch those scenes just by you, themselves. Yeah, really worth them. in fact, <laughs> I might have to go and watch it myself yeah. again tonight because <laughs> I just—it's a really, really great movie to watch, you know, and and a great cast. And it's like, um as I say, if if you enjoyed The Magnificent Seven, you know, it's, there's like a group of misfits. I think there's a, a, an archer in it that's really good with an arc you know, yeah. with a bow and you know you've got all
0: I, I did see somebody refer to this as like you know the magnificent a uh, medieval version of the medieval version of magnificent of the magnificent Seven. Seven. yeah yeah,
3: yeah. It's, it's 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 a great movie to watch as and, i say there is a, a few moments and it can be quite bloody i
0: think you know a few moments about, yeah. apart from that and just looking at just from looking at the at the kind of attire that they're wearing in the film like the little clips i've seen and stuff it just look-wise, it reminds me a little bit of a Charlton Heston movie, Charlton, El-, El Cid. Yeah. El Cid,
3: yeah. Yeah, it El reminds, it reminds War- me a little bit of El Cid. It's, it's more like The Warlord, I think. Okay. And I've mentioned this before because yeah. it's my favourite Chuck Heston film, The Warlord. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, more like The Warlord, but I I know exactly what you mean. It is it, very much that way, you know, with the, the medieval times. I think, you know, there was quite a few movies came out around about the same time. You had those Roman Legion films like Centurion good mm. movie okay and, yeah yeah I mean like twenty twenty eleven? Yeah, yeah yeah 2011 the and the eagle yeah that for me that's not that, quite quite so good no no but um, the uh, centurion's worth a watch but but this was like the best of the bunch I think and and like you say
0: back to the days of the warlord El Cid um, yeah great great okay. and I have a question here only because okay. I know you're a big fan if this film had been made like let's say the 40s or something like that would Errol Flynn have been in it uh, that w- might have been a possibility.
1: And if um, not who would you have? Wow, well, I'd you probably
0: it, put in
3: those days in that Who would I put in that role? Um, I'd probably put, I think Basil Rathbone. Basil yeah. Rathbone, yeah.
0: Well, as the as the lead. As the lead, who
3: George, would have been
1: King John? George Sanders. George Sanders that's as King similar, John that would cool. Cool. <laughs> be he was he's like
3: well he's, he's similar to that in the, yeah. the Disney version yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: that would be cool wouldn't it yeah, yeah. I, I was, okay well, I was thinking like James Mason as King John or something like that James Mason would be, yeah 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 I'd actually yeah I'd when you look that. at
3: GMAT,
1: yeah, I'd watch that. That's not fair. That film doesn't exist. <laughs> and I want to see it. I can't go and put it on because it doesn't exist.
0: Okay, so what we need to do is build a time machine, get the screenplay for Ironclad, go back to like the 50s or something, and yeah, then just yep, yep. Hand strong yeah, yeah. on um, yep. all these William guys. Wyler, yep. Yeah, Yeah. Hand, hand, <laughs> and strong on um, all these guys to be in the film. Get
1: Anthony yeah. Mann, give, give, hand him the script, and let him get on with it. Brilliant. <laughs>
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay, cool. So that's a, that's a ringing, ringing endorsement for Ironclad, and we have some music from the Ironclad South kinda, ah, from the Ironclad soundtrack. Good lord. Yes, that was from the soundtrack of Ironclad. And now we're going straight into Joe's final clue. So, Joe, final clue.
1: Right, okay, you both think you know uh, where I'm heading with this. Yes. Okay, prepare to have your minds blown. Mm. This screen legend was offered the role of the Japanese bride opposite Marlon Brando in Sayonara in 1957, but turned it down.
0: Should we say it on three? On (laughs) three? (laughs) Okay, Okay. one, two, three. Audrey Hepburn. Oh. Well. Yeah, it's
1: Audrey Hepburn. Well done. I thought you'd be like, oh, she's Japanese, no? no.
0: <laughs> no, I actually think that that's kind of interesting because obviously Breakfast at Tiffany's, mm. like her greatest, her, her most famous film, has probably the most racist it's Japanese. Oh, <laughs> good lord! Good it's uh, I think I think it's a testament to how good Mickey Rooney is that he yeah. survived
1: that. It wasn't yeah. assassinated. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't
0: assassinated. People still people. I mean, he died recently, and people were talking about him all nice and all how great yeah. he was and the Hollywood great. And I think it's a testament to how good he was that people didn't just go, what,
1: that racist, oh, no, A great quote from Audrey Hepburn about that. She says, she explained that she couldn't possibly play (laughs) an oriental, no one would believe me, they'd laugh. It's a lovely script, however, I know what I can and can't do. And if you did persuade me, you'd regret it because (laughs) I'd be terrible. (laughs) I do hope that her uh, yes. uh, breakfast at Tiffany's
0: co-star wasn't this. <laughs> well, uh, 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 yes, but it's it, it's that that is you know, Mister whatever they. Oh, I don't even want to know that. It's just got. It's one of those things where because obviously around that time they had a whole bunch of things where they had different people playing different r- races, like um, Charlton Heston supposed to be Spanish in El Cid. Oh, yeah, you had like um, um, Lawrence Olivier and Anthony Hopkins blacking up to play Othello. Yeah. Yeah, terrible, <laughs> <finished>. terrible, <laughs> 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 terrible, Very, terrible. Yeah. Hopkins, <laughs> 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 I, <laughs> I, Hopkins. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and the thing is, and I actually have some sympathy for them because I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe around that time they couldn't really get people. I know that maybe you know, like the studio said this, but and as much sympathy as I try and give filmmakers, when I watched Breakfast at <laughs> Tiffany's, I was kind of like. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no. I, can't, I can't give you any leeway on this. That's just bad.
1: That's, that's just bad. Just... Mr. Yunioshi should have been played, not by Mickey Rooney.
0: Yeah, he should not have been Mr. played by Mickey Rooney. Mr.
3: Yunioshi. Mr. Mr. Yunyoshi.
0: Mr. Yunioshi. Okay, I think that's all we have time for today. Till then, to all you people in St. Mary's Hospital, we wish you a speedy recovery. Get well soon, get home, listen to your doctors, and please, as always, remember, they just do not make them like they used to. Thank you.